0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Chapter Brothers. My name is Nick Ackerman.
1: And my name is Kevin Ackerman.
0: All right, and today we are going to take it to the end of Chapter 1 of The Gunslinger. The Gunslinger. Um, (laughs) Um, Cool, cool. So, we left off last time. Where were we? Section 10? Oh, Section 9, we had just finished. Yeah, we just...
1: Exactly. we finished section nine, basically, the gunslinger is going to the stable to find out you know which direction he should go next, more or less, and what's past the
0: desert.-hmm So um, section 10 begins with the gunslinger heading to uh, Kennerly's to check on his mule and ask mm-hmm. about the desert.
1: Indeed. So, yeah, definitely an unpleasant sort of person uh, for beginning to end. Uh, sure. Yeah, let's see. He's got this weird, incestuous thing going on with one of his daughters. He's, you know, just sort of... He's, there's a baby, like, drooling in the dirt. He's got children all around. It's just sort of a gross situation. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. Subi is the name mm. of his daughter. I kept wanting to say Scooby, but that mm. would be a great Dane who solves mysteries. This is a... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, He and he seems really um, a l- little hesitant of the gunslinger and telling Scooby to get back inside the house. Mm.
1: Yeah, either yep. hesitant or just outright kind of disdainful. Like, it's, it's actually interesting the way that... Uh, King kind of talks about it that, um, hang on, I forget precisely where it is, but sort of like there's this combination of, you know, uh, disdain and, but also like sort of, a Kennerly has this combination of like hate and this sort of, uh, respect. subservience about him. Yeah. Not even oh, respect. Okay. Yeah. It's almost like, you know. He's playing up this sort of, like, practically like a slave master kind of relationship, almost, uh, from sure. what I'm seeing. Like, he absolutely hates this guy, but, he know, like, I guess that's probably, you know, kind of the impetus of the whole thing. He can see the guns on the guy's hips, so he knows that he has to appear to be really nice to the gunslinger. So. I, think
0: I, I, I think I got what you were saying. It says, uh, the hostler met him halfway between the door to his establishment and the street. His manner vacillated between a kind of hateful hostility and craven fawning.
1: Exactly. That's what I was looking right. for. Thank you. But yeah, the it's a very sort of oily kind of uh, unctuousness that this guy is talking to the gunslinger and you can sort of feel just sort of the discomfort that... Uh, the gunslinger is feeling, and it also seems just sort of like he's trying to get this interaction done as soon as possible.
0: Um, I just like one line where um, right after Kennerly tells Soupy to, to get right the hell in the house, um gunslinger says, I don't bite, pleasantly.
2: Hmm.
0: He doesn't bite, but uh, we'll see later that he is dangerous in other ways
1: <laughs> that is for sure and another uh, section uh, in the new version I should say uh, the gunslinger saw murder in his eyes quite clearly and although he did not fear it, he marked it as a man might mark a page in a book one that contained potentially valuable information uh, or pot- potentially valuable instructions so there uh, there I feel like that just that sentence is this whole interaction in a nutshell like you know. He's not doing a very good job at hiding his hostility, but the gunslinger doesn't really care at the moment because he's like, this guy's no threat to me. But he's just sort of aware of it, like, you know, as though there were like, uh, like a snapping turtle nearby, more or less. I could outrun this thing. This thing isn't dangerous, but it will bite if I let it. <laughs>
0: uh, got it. Uh, do-do-do-do. So yeah, definitely
1: several changes in just the first few pages alone. Like, we've got a little bit more weirdness from the daughter, Subi. Uh, She caught the gunslinger's eye, pinched her nipples between her fingers, and dropped him a wink, and then went back to uh, pumping, I guess. Weird. Pumping what? Oh, she's drawing water from the groaning pump beside the building. So... (laughs) Definitely sort of like a a weird sort of vibe going on in this whole area. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, let's see. Kennerly says, ain't seen a mule in quite a time. And then this new section, especially one that looks as threaded as Yoren. Uh, two eyes, four legs, his face squinched together alarmingly in an expression meant to convey either extreme pain or the notion that a joke had been made. The gunslinger assumed it was the latter, although he had little or no sense of humor himself. So definitely, uh, you know, adding to the idea of this whole like threaded stock versus muties kind of thing where I guess it wasn't really established in the first version that uh, mutated animals are more the norm than the rarity. So it's definitely kind of establishing that there's a lot more of whatever this radiation or mutation going along than stephen king originally wrote
0: so gotcha so so the mule is is normal it's not radiating yeah
1: normal okay. looking mule two eyes four legs uh one head i guess
0: <laughs> yeah i also like he had little or no sense of humor that is mm. just he is all business <laughs>
1: exactly. The the uh, Clint Eastwood archetype, uh, to a T. He's right. a man of very few words, very few, very little sense of humor, and uh, as he says himself, very little, uh, you know, he he's not the kind of person who will overthink things. He just assumes that, all right, this is the way to go, so I'm just going to go, and I'm not going to worry about it. Also, here we've got the first mention of uh, the preacher woman in town. Uh, actually, Uh, I'm not sure if Allie mentioned her before, but here we've got Kennerly talking about her, and she is also going to be a major character in the rest of this section.
0: So, the gunslinger's, his main goal here was to ask about the desert.
1: Precisely. Uh, he nodded and pointed southeast. What's out there? Kennerly grinned again, showing gums and a few sociable teeth. Dwellers, weed, desert, what we Dwellers, weed, desert, what else? He cackled, and his eyes measured the gunslinger coldly. How big is the desert? Big, as if... He endeavored to look serious, as if answering a serious question. Maybe a thousand wheels, maybe two thousand. And there's another change we got. uh, Going from miles to wheels. So... mm, Changing up the... the um, Unit of measurement. Unit of measurement, exactly. Making (laughs) Making it... Basically, it seems like all of these changes are just endeavoring to push... Where the gunslinger is a little bit further away from our world. Right. And if the. Do you think wheels
0: is the uh, amount of distance it takes for a wheel to break down or something?
1: Hmm, interesting. I could see that. Sort of like in a coach, a
0: stagecoach. Yeah, that's what I, hmm. I, that's what I was thinking. Because if they were comparing it to miles, you know. At first I thought it was like, you know, the turning of a wheel, but that's not very much. So no, I was thinking, really. like, how how long before a wheel kind of breaks down? You have know, to change the wheels.
2: Yeah, but that's that, a lot. That of, sounds... That's a
0: lot of freaking wheels to have. <laughs>
1: one would think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, let's see. So if the if the exchange rate is correct between the old version and the new version, then that means that one thousand to two thousand wheels is equal to three hundred to a thousand miles. So. Kind of a rough measure there, but basically a wheel would be like a third of a mile, I think, if my calculations are correct. Because it's Uh, not exactly direct, like, it has maybe 1,000 or 2,000 wheels, whereas here it says 300 to 1,000 miles. So, I feel like roughly 3 to 1, more or less.
0: Yeah, uh, Stephen King commenting on how the United States should switch to metric. He was a big uh, <laughs> Jimmy Carter fan, I guess. <laughs> Could be. Who knows? <laughs>
1: uh, Actually, yeah, that's a good question. What is the what's the ratio of kilometers to miles?
0: It's pretty close to that. That uh, um, I think there's about two or three kilometers to a mile
2: hmm
1: yeah i'm seeing let's see one kilometer is 0.62 miles so a thousand if we're saying let's see a thousand wheels maybe two thousand one so a wheel is definitely well a wheel would be about a half a kilometer i guess because if So, 1,000 kilometers is 600 miles. So, hmm,
0: more or less makes sense. Roughly, yeah. Roughly. But he's he's just making up a new unit of measurement. Exactly.
1: A, Stephen King is making up a unit of measurement, and B, Kennerly is just sort of talking out of his ass. He has no idea how big the desert is.
0: (laughs) The other thing, yeah, we need to consider is that there might be, you know, unreliable narrators going on. Very true. So, who knows if Kennerly even knows what he's talking about. It seems like he doesn't really, because he he gets his information from just the coach he's never been to the desert, right, yeah, precisely yeah.
1: so all in all, as soon as I see a number, I want to try and figure out what it means, but i'll we we could just say that it doesn't actually mean anything
0: i I hear you, kev, we are yeah. uh, very mathematical, that is that is very our mother much so.
1: exactly, <laughs> yeah, our mom was a math teacher, so let's see, um. Sue. So, okay here's another interesting thing uh there's nothing out there but devil grass and maybe demons heard there was even a speaking ring summers on the far side but that is probably a lie so here another uh so a little bit more elaboration on just sort of the supernatural aspect of this world so not only demons but something called a speaking ring so that's gonna come up later on
0: okay speaking ring i wonder what that means hmm so let's Maybe see. a place for people to gather or something, to, to speak in a circle. I don't know.
1: Could be. Could be. We'll see. Hmm. Uh, let's see. An interesting one thing of, here. Oh, yeah. Go ahead.
0: I Just like I said, the one who fixed up Nordy when he was sick, and he's like, sick? I already he was that's exa- dead. That's exactly
1: <laughs> what I was going to say. Uh, yeah, so there you go. We've got some proof that, you know, the local townspeople don't, are, I mean... I don't know if this is people not believing a story or if this is just the natural way that people react to the supernatural where they'll just find a mundane way that like, oh, no, he was just sick. He's not he wasn't dead. The guy yeah. that random stranger from out of town didn't bring him back to life or anything. You just basically just woke him up.
0: Yeah. Well, Also, Kennerly showed up after uh, Nort was healed. Right. That is true. Yeah. So he wasn't so there to see it. He's kind of getting everything second hand. Mm. But yeah, it's like you said, people just will um, kind of make up their own stories based on hearsay.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: There um. So
1: there. <clears throat> and then right after that, uh, right after the gunslinger said, Sick, I heard he was dead. Kennerly kept grinning. Well, well, maybe. But we're grown-up men, aren't we? But you believe in demons. Kennerly looked affronted. That's a lot different. So... There you go. The The local supernatural and the unseen supernatural are very different things that I can kind of relate to. That, like, I, in my head, I believe in, like, ghosts and psychics, but anyone who claims to have seen one or claims to be a psychic, I never believe them.
0: <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, yeah and, and that's when he first mentions the Preacher Woman. Mm, says, well, that's exactly, a lot different. Yeah. Preacher Woman says, and then he, he went on.
1: Oh, actually, hang on. Let's see. Preacher woman it? That's a lot different. Uh Oh, yeah. He blathered and palavered ever onward. So, gunslinger's not even listening at this point. He's just like, yeah, whatever. I don't care what the preacher woman says. <laughs> so,
0: so right away you can tell that the the gunslinger is um very skeptical of this preacher woman.
1: Mhm. Exactly, which Another, you know, reference to religion and just sort of the gunslinger has no, almost no respect for it, I should say. It seems like this preacher woman is very highly thought of in town, but the gunslinger is just like, well, I'll make up my mind once I see her. I'm not going to assume that she's respectable or make and give her any respect just for being a preacher woman. It's It all depends on the person. Which I feel like kind of is Stephen King's relationship with the church in a nutshell. That it all depends on the individual person.
0: <laughs>
1: could be good, could so, be evil.
0: Yeah. Alright, so the, the the gunslinger grew impatient with the man and cut him off mid-spade. So you don't know what's after the desert? It's like, shut up, guy. I, I'm asking a question here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's after the desert? Exactly, um, he said, some might. The coach ran through part of it 50 years ago. My pap said so. He used to say to mountains. Others say an ocean. A green ocean with monsters. And some say that's where the world ends. That there ain't nothing but lights that'll drive a man blind and the face of God with his mouth open to eat them up. Drivel, the gunslinger said shortly. So, he, he does, he's like, what are you talking about? You don't know what you're saying. This is just nonsense <laughs>
1: here. <laughs> but, interesting the let's see we've got a green ocean with monsters there will be uh let's see nothing but lights that'll drive a man blind and the face of god with his mouth open to eat them up so we've got three very weird uh things here gunslinger doesn't believe a word of it we'll see if any of those things come true right let's see i want to see that my mules looked after uh he tossed a coin, stained a little. Then Kennerly makes this sort of lewd kind of, uh, that Allie's real nice when she wants to be. And then uh, makes a loose circle with his left fist and poking a finger through it in the universal uh, symbol for <laughs> this person is disgusting.
0: Yeah, And then this is gunslinger. Uh, he's saying this is a loose woman, but... You're saying that Kennerly's disgusting with his Kennerly's comments. Kennerly's disgusting. About it. Exactly. Yes, with the comments, yes. Absolutely. And the gunslinger says remotely, Did you say something? Like, Do I need to kick your ass right now, buddy?
1: Hmm. <laughs> like, barely even paying attention. Like, Did you say something? The guy is instantly like, Nope, no, me, not me. Didn't say anything.
0: <laughs> no sigh, not a word. No sigh. All of a sudden, he got respectful again.
1: Indeed. Then. Uh, in a way of uh, basically showing the whole dichotomy of the hate and subservience, he <coughs> talks to the gunslinger with subservience, turns around and directs all of his hate to his daughters, and basically uh, he says, "Cuts out his, true,
0: his true face to to his daughter," you know,
1: precisely uh sees his daughter leaning out the window oh well you forgot you little slut whore for god the gunslinger walks away not even listening to
0: any of the rest of it doesn't say goodbye <laughs> nothing <laughs> <laughs> and we're done here yeah
1: exactly <laughs> why bother it was hot and he knew that the emotion what he knew what the emotion would be just hate hate of the outsider he'd gotten all the man had to offer the only thing, sure thing about the desert was its size. And the only sure thing about the town was that it wasn't all played out here. Not yet.
0: So also, another example, I noticed this with um, some of my students that were on the spectrum. If, if they're bored in a conversation, they'll just walk away. And I've I like hmm. so much respect for that, that. It's just like, and I'm done talking to you. Goodbye. <laughs> hmm. Not even goodbye. Just just walk away. <laughs>
1: Without any warning or anything, or just...
0: Yeah, 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 just because uh, they don't get social cues, like, you know, it, it's just like, sometimes with autism, it, it's just, uh, you just kind of do what you want to do, and, and it's if, if, if you don't want to be in a conversation, you just simply walk away, and, and then there's been many times where I was left there like, oh, I, I guess that was boring, okay, all right. <laughs> Moving on. (laughs) Moving on. True. uh, Uh,
1: Yet more fuel for the fire of uh, Roland Roland is autistic. So I love it.
0: (laughs) All right. Section 11. Indeed. Gunslinger and...
1: Exactly. (laughs) Gunslinger and Allie back in bed. When we find out that apparently she and Sheb had a thing going.
0: Yeah. Sheb busts through the door. Well, first of all, before that, I like how he starts with, he and Allie were in bed when Sheb kicked the door open and came in with a knife. And then there's like a whole paragraph describing kind of what happened before that. So it's like this moment of action, but then he's like, okay, let me get you caught up to speed here. Mm. (laughs) Which
1: is very Stephen King. He loves to... Uh, in the Kingslingers podcast that uh, I listen to, they refer to it as king shadowing, where he'll have one sentence that set, like, sets you up to expect a some sort of action or something exciting that's going to happen. And then he'll jump backwards and then show you how you got there. So yeah. it's very much... I, I, personally, I love it. That I, it's I just, like it
0: too,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> like a little bit of like an appetizer of what's about to happen, but then... He's like, but first, let me go back and set this all up first. So you're like, mm. oh, wait, somebody's going to come in with a knife? All right, but how?
0: Yeah. Then look back at your head. You're like, wait, get back to action. Okay, but let's mm. find out what's going on. <laughs> True. All um, right, so sure. This spent is another... seven,
1: four days there. Eight, he ate, he slept, he had sex with uh, Allie. All right, go ahead, go ahead.
0: <laughs> she plays the fiddle, which is nice. Indeed. <laughs> um. So it is four days. I was checking to see if... Um, if time had passed strangely here too cause sometimes it's like it was 4 days or it was a month but this time it 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 says definitively it had been 4 days
1: right so i, w- I wonder if it's just it i feel like that's the kind of time you can always keep track of, like within a week of, all right, it's been a day, it's been two days. You can always tell by falling asleep in the sun and whatnot. But then once you get a little further out of weeks and months, then that's where time gets a little bit more plastic.
0: Yeah. Or that gunslingers haven't been around in centuries or millennium. So. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. So we will. And there you go. Exactly. The, the more time that goes by, the more you're not sure about it
0: mm-hmm hmm. so sheb is <laughs> his attempt to kill the gunslinger is uh pretty weak pretty because weak. he is pretty weak and the gunslinger is extremely strong he breaks his wrists um pretty easily hmm. and uh sheb is left kind of lying on the ground in pain um yeah definitely he, he sounded like a man being drowned in a bucket of mud
2: hmm.
1: oh that
0: that was when he was running up to them. It was like rah yeah his uh yeah the
1: he didn't hear the little piano player come up. his reflexes had sunk they didn't seem that didn't seem to matter either, although it would have frightened him badly in another time and place uh Basically, they're about to have sex, and Allie is like, please, like before, I want that, I want... Then the door crashed open, piano player made his ridiculous knock-kneed run for the sun. Allie did not scream, although Sheb held an eight-inch carving knife in his hand. Uh, There you go, man drowning in a bucket of mud, Uh, spittle flew, brought the knife down with both hands, gunslinger caught his wrist, turned them, knife went flying, and... Sheb made a high screeching noise. And the What is it? The hand, his hands guttered in marionette movements, both wrists broken.
0: Um, I like that imagery right there. Like in marionette movements, it's really uh, gives you an idea of how he's totally broken these wrists. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Completely just sort of. Uh, what's his name? Uh, he Gilderoy Lockharted this man's poor wrists like the, the bones don't even exist anymore.
0: <laughs> There's no bones left.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so making marionette Brachium movements.
0: amendo. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Uh,
1: basically Sheb just starts blubbering about how she was mine. She was mine first. And let's see. It was for you, Is all for you, Allie. Blah, 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 blah. And yet another just sad man who... Claiming... Uh, just trying to claim ownership of this woman when really she's her own person and she never made it. It doesn't seem like she was that attached to Shib, but he was much more attached to her. So, clearly, um, you know.
0: Well, this he feels, you know, got me thinking... You got you gotta you gotta treat your women well because there might be a suave gunslinger that comes along that that steals them, her right from under you you know so
1: indeed or maybe the at the in this post apocalyptic end time scenario maybe she is much less devoted to any individual person and she's much more like the rules of society don't matter anymore so I'm gonna have sex with who I want to and if you think that means more than it does then that's your problem not mine
0: yeah totally. However, Allie does um, tend to shed. She makes exactly. Um, she cares about him
1: at the very least. Yeah, she
0: makes splint for him. She's she's like, what are you going to do now? Your 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 whole uh, livelihood is playing the piano, and you can't exactly.
2: Do it.
1: hmm. So it's interesting that. Even though she is the one who's actually naked in this situation, in the sentence, uh, he tried to hold his hands to his face, but they would not obey, and he wept nakedly. So even though she's not wearing clothes, he's the one who's actually naked. I like that. Uh,
0: Figuratively naked.
1: Exactly. (laughs) So we've got got that, and then another major addition here, where (coughs) the gunslinger says exactly where he has seen Sheb before. And
0: right. so, Magus, medges? the gunslinger. Magus. How do you pronounce it? Magus. Go ahead. It's,
1: could, I always think of it as Magus, but it could be So uh, It's uh, somewhere. But it's it another one of those, uh, you know, pronunciations that might be different for different people. Who knows? But Magus, the gunslinger said, and the little piano player looked around, eyes wide. The gunslinger nodded amiably enough now that Sheb was no longer trying to stick a knife in his lights. "'Mages,' he said again, on the clean sea. "'What about it?' "'You were there, weren't you? Many and many, uh, as they say.' "'What if I was? I don't remember you. But, you. "'But you remember the girl, don't you? "'The girl named Susan and Reap Knight. "'Were you there for the bonfire?' "'The little man's lips trembled. They were covered with spit. "'The, man, the man's eyes said he knew the truth. "'He was closer to dead now than when he had come bursting in with a knife in his hand. "'Get out of here,' the gunslinger said.' Understanding dawned in Shep's eyes. But you was just a boy. One of them three boys. You come to Count Stock. Eldred Jonas was there, the coffin hunter. And get out while you still can, the gunslinger said. And Shep went, holding his broken wrists before him.
0: Wow. So what happened at Magus, you know?
1: Indeed. Something... A girl named Susan. A bonfire. uh, Apparently, he had been a boy with two other boys. And... There was someone named Eldred Jonas there, the Coffin Hunter. So yet another bit of a little bit of foreshadowing. Uh, and this is a odd case of retroactive foreshadowing, because yeah. originally none of this was in there. And now he's foreshadowing to something that happened in book four, but oh. happened far in the past. So it's sort of like a backwards-forwards kind of
0: foreshadowing. Yeah. I figured we would get to, to Magus at some point, but it seems like uh, there was, to me, um, that there was some sort of massacre here, and Magus and these three boys were the only ones who were left alive hmm. for him to, for Sheb to remember that they were there. Um, also, what are, did it say? Do, 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 do. Oh, we did it say that. Uh, Oh, uh, it said uh, Magus on the Clean Sea, so Mm. I don't don't know where the Clean Sea is, but I guess we'll find out at some point.
1: Yeah, it definitely gives this connotation of a time when things were cleaner, things were brighter, sort of, at
0: least personally. Um,
1: Or it might just be a name of a sea, like the Red Sea isn't necessarily red, so who knows. But just in terms of narratively writing it kind of makes it seem as though it was a, a better time. Let's see. So basically, there's our big addition for this section. Allie wants to get back to it. And then the gunslinger is like, not now. I After that whole, uh, A, breaking this guy's wrists, and B, uh, thinking back to this time long ago, I am no longer in the mood. So yeah.
2: Yeah. The mood.
1: And she says, I can make you strong. And he says, no, you can't do that. So he is... Either A, entirely and 100% no longer in the mood, or B, he's saying that you can't make me strong because either I'm strong on my own or I am not going to be strong. I'm broken in some way.
0: So definitely
1: kind of a double meaning there, or at least personally.
0: Um, But Ali asks, who was she? A girl mm. you loved? And he says, leave it, Ali. I can make you strong. He says, no, you can't do that. Hmm. Huh.
1: So there you go. The a little bit, a little bit of elaboration on who this Susan person
0: is. Well, that, so that totally see. changes that section, that little addition. Because before that, it's just, oh, here comes a jilted lover, coming in to, to kill the gunslinger, and he just he dispenses them easily, and they go. But really, there's there's much more going on with the additions. I, I think this is a important addition.
1: Definitely, yeah. It it also adds the a little bit. A it adds a little bit more backstory for the gunslinger. B it adds a little bit of characterization for Sheb. Definitely, so he came from this place. May saw a long, long time ago. And C it's also saying that. The gunslinger not only doesn't want to continue based on what happened with Sheb, but based on what he is now remembering again.
2: Right.
0: So there we go. And all now, right, section section 12. Now uh, the gunslinger is going to go check out uh, what church is all about in this Indeed,
1: town. time to go to church. And so whatever passed for the Sabbath in Tull... Uh, uh, an odd purple dusk had fallen and the church lit from the inside looked almost like a blast furnace from the road so a lot of just that image there of just this purple sunset behind this church and and lit from inside with i'm imagining sort of a yellowish orange glow as uh just a lot of very like ralph bakshi kind of coloration going on
0: Ooh, i was uh, also thinking of uh home alone when mm-hmm. uh, when Kevin goes down to the basement and uh, Furnace comes to life. I I don't don't know why I thought of that. But (laughs)
1: but yeah, definitely sort of this sinister vibe going on. Yeah, yeah. So Allie says she doesn't go. Uh,
0: Yeah, hmm. the woman who preaches has poison religion. Let the respectable ones go. I think respectable, she said a little sarcastically there.
1: Hmm. But I mean, (laughs) also considering the way that Allie is just sort of much more... Sexually liberated, let's say. Maybe she, that's one of the reasons why she doesn't consider herself um, respectable. So okay. she is much more, you know, kind of free with things like that. So the respectable ones who are the ones who believe in marriage and all that nonsense. So to her, she's just saying "Ah, oh, she, she's internalized sort of her own disrespe- disrepute as being not only just the bartender, but... Uh, she was with Roland I mean she was with the gunslinger she was with Sheb she was uh, interested in the man in black but in a kind of a creepy way where she was like I'm turned on but I don't want to be because this is really weirding me out so she's a complex person Mm -hmm. Uh, so let's see so there he goes he stood in the vestibule hidden in shadow looking in the pews were gone and the congregation stood he saw Kennerly and his brood Kastner the owner of the town's scrawny dry goods emporium and his slat-sided wife a few barflies a few town women he had never seen before and surprisingly shib uh mm. so basically more or less the whole town is there um let's see he looked curiously at the mountainous woman on the pulpit Allie said she lives alone hardly ever sees anybody only comes out on sunday to serve up her oh, serve up the hellfire her name is sylvia pitston Uh, she's crazy, but she's got the hoodoo on them. They like it that way. It suits them. So poison religion, crazy hoodoo.
0: Yeah. I mean, this reminds me of like, you know, like Joel Osteen or one of those, you know, mega churches and everybody is just totally enwrapped in this hellfire that, that is coming out because I don't know. It seems like a a zealot of sorts.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Zealous. Yeah. So, they sing a little bit, uh, shall we gather at the river, uh, and then she goes into, let's see, ooh, actually before we get there, um, my dear little brothers and sisters in Christ, it was a haunting line, for a moment the gunflinger felt felt mixed feelings of nostalgia and fear, stitched in with an eerie feeling of deja vu, and he thought, I dreamed this, or I was here before, if so, when? Not magus. No, not there. He shook the feeling off. So here we've got a little bit more of gunslinger feeling this deja vu sensation. So yeah. we'll come back also, to that later.
0: But just before you move on, um, it, it, it goes into a whole description of Sylvia Pittston, um, kind of what she oh, looks like that? and stuff.
1: Oh, oh you're right. You
0: yeah, go ahead. And um, Yeah, blah, blah, blah. She's... Uh, Large woman, um, yada yada, uh, her skin was uh, creamy, unmarked, lovely. He thought that she must top 300 pounds. He felt a sudden red lust for her that made him feel shaky. And he turned his head and looked away. Um, so this, this woman has an a, a attraction that everyone feels around her. Mm. And whether that be, um, I mean, he describes it as lust, but I I think it it just, she has, she's charismatic in a way that that makes people want to follow her.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is also kind of the inverse of Ali feeling uh, lust for the man in black when he first walks in. It's just sort of this combination of power and sex and magic all kind of bundled in together.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, so yeah now we're singing shall we gather at the river Um, okay so then she goes into sort of her sermon here and she makes a lot of uh, references to the bible
1: Mm. yeah I know everyone in the book personally Uh, in the first five years I've worn out five bibles and uncountable numbers before that I love the story and I love the players in that story So, talks about Daniel, David, uh, the fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I slew 2,000 with Samson, was blinded with St. Paul on the road to Damascus. I have known them and loved them. And there is one, only one, player in the greatest of all dramas that I do not know. Only one who stands outside with his face in the shadow. Only one who makes my body tremble and my spirit quail. I fear him. I don't know his mind. And I fear him. I fear the interloper. So, A, we've got her bringing up this interloper character, which I'm guessing is the devil, more or less? Mm -hmm. Uh, True. He came to Eve as a snake, he walked among the children of Israel and whispered to make a golden calf. Uh, Basically, interloper equals the devil, and she says, he stands outside in the shadow, as the gunslinger himself is standing outside in the shadow. So... She
0: is definitely
1: also, very clearly kind of setting this up from the beginning of the first time that the gun the gunslinger hears her
0: also um, just to go back, how she said that she's you know read the Bible so many times that she's worn out the books, and that just made me think of um, you know people who are supply chains. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Where are they getting all these Bibles? <laughs>
1: where the where are they getting the Bibles? <laughs> but no, go ahead.
0: I was I was gonna say that um it, it makes me think of people who are kind of religious in a way where they're like showy about it. Like look how uh you know Catholic I am because I read the Bible every day. My my Bible is getting worn out and it's like, Well, but are you actually acting in those in that way? But or, or are you just doing this for show, you yeah. know? So
1: you could be flipping <laughs> through pages and memorizing things, but that doesn't mean you're actually walking the walk, as it were. You might just be reading the book over and over again, but all that means is you're reading the same book over and over and over again.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Which, I mean, it's a, I it's feel a pretty
0: great, I was going to say, it's a, it's a pretty great work of fiction, you know, the Bible. There, there's some cool stories in there that... <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like they, they, what was it? Because they had faith in God, that the fire um, didn't burn them or something. Precisely,
1: yeah. They were thrown into some sort of a a furnace and walked out unscathed.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, yeah, but
1: no, but just saying (laughs) that if you take all of these uh, stories and scriptures literally, then it adds up to a very sort of i can't be hurt because i believe in god sort of mentality that everything i do must be good therefore i can do anything and because i believe in god then it's fine which i feel like is almost uh just the core of this sort of religious evil that we're talking about
0: yeah totally uh so the interloper Hmm. um the cyclopean
1: gibbering madness that walks and crawls and wriggles through men's most awful wants and desires. Ugh. This whole sentence, oh, I'm going to go back. Uh, He's always been there, my brothers and sisters. I don't know his mind, but, and you don't know his mind. What could, who could understand the awful darkness that swirls there? The pride like pylons, the titanic blasphemy, the unholy glee, and the madness. The cyclopean gibbering madness that walks and crawls and wriggles through men's most awful wants and desires. Just the Mm -hmm. description there. Just uh, love the imagery
0: cyclopean like yeah a exactly. cyclops? yeah so like saying that you have no like depth perception that you're just focused on one thing is that what that means that's uh, interesting that's what adjective
1: like it means let's see
0: hmm. i think that's only in the original edition i don't see that word in the the newer one
1: oh i might be wrong well that's definitely in the original edition
0: um yeah he took out cyclopean in the uh True, just made it the gibbering madness. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. I like that word. Why would you take that out?
2: I don't
1: know. I mean, also, maybe he looked it up and said that it's it just doesn't quite mean what he wanted it to mean.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I was a little confused, so I guess that's why he took it out.
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah, just to tighten it up a little bit. Um. Here we've got another uh she's kind of riling up the crowd uh you know jesus christ it was him who took the lord up the mountain blah 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 blah. rocking and sobbing the congregation became a sea the woman seemed to point at all of them and none of them it's him that will come as the antichrist a crimson king with bloody eyes to lead the men into the flaming bowels of perdition so crimson king with bloody eyes is uh another change here we've got so
0: Oh, okay. What did it say in the original?
1: In the original, uh, it just said he'll come as the Antichrist to lead men into the flaming bells. Oh,
0: okay. so. so Just to give a, a little more um, figurative language to what Satan looks like to her. Exactly. Or what so. she thinks Satan looks like. Hmm.
1: So, here we go. Uh, there's one man who has sort of a Her whole religious experience here. She talks to him and kind of keeps riling him up. Uh, Yada yada. My mother's name. Uh, mm, Let's see. He began to weep. You're fucking A, I do. He forgives you for that, Johnson. Uh, Praise God. (laughs) So, there we go. We get an idea of what this whole poison religion kind of is. It basically is this woman just riling up this town and getting them to... Feel this lo- sort of hatred of this interloper and the gunslinger. Uh, one, hun- oh, yeah, go one ahead.
0: thing I noticed, um, just to go back a little, it says, uh, It's him that stands behind every fleshly pleasure, him who made the machines with Lamurk stamped on them.
2: Mm, the there's interloper. another change, yeah.
0: The Lamurk, La the gunslinger thought, or maybe she said Lamark. The word had some vague resonance for him, but nothing he could put his finger on. Unless he filed it away in his memory, which was capacious. Indeed. So, so
1: yeah, another another little bit of uh, foreshadowing. So the word Lamarck might be uh, become relevant later on. So yeah, yeah, that's a good good call. So it's let's see. Oh, okay. So so here's another change and who is he she cried uh but calm within he could sense the calmness the mastery the control and domination he thought suddenly with terror and absolute surety that the man who called himself walter had left a demon in her she was haunted he felt the hot ripple of sexual desire again through his fear and thought that this was somehow like the word the man in black had left in Allie's mind like a loaded trap so hmm. there's another little bit of uh A, uh, you know, sexual sort of, uh, attraction to this dark thing that he's afraid of, but also we've got another reference to the man in black's name is apparently Walter, uh, which is, I'm just going to tell you right now, uh, in the original version, he doesn't say the word Walter until the very end of the book. So... Yeah, so that's that that's something that always kind of bothered me That's I, I I like that the two of them are these archetypes before they become people and I I, I forget exactly when they first say the gunslinger's name but
0: it, it comes d- up uh, um in a couple chap or a couple sections we'll talk about oh, it so, in a second.
1: So it is okay, it is still in this section, good. All right,
0: but but not in the <clears> original, it in the the new
1: Hmm, okay. Yeah, I'll have to look through and try and figure out when they actually say the gunslinger's name. But the the fact that the man in black is nameless and just uh, described by what he does rather than what his name is, I really liked that in the original and wasn't really a fan that they call him Walter, like basically Section 2 when he gives Allie that note. So, another just personal thought uh, about some of the changes here but so it goes not sure why do you think he uh Stephen King chose to give the man in black a name much earlier in this version
0: um i, I guess maybe to to humanize him a little bit hmm. and i guess same thing with the the gunslinger um but i kind of i don't understand i agree with you i i'd like it to be more vague um Exactly. He's just the man in black. Then, what was it? Walter J. Pip or something? What?
1: Walter Odim.
0: Oh, Walter Odim. That's it. Mm. I was thinking there. (laughs) Um, So, so yeah, she gets this guy to uh, be converted, basically. Um, Oh, and I I also like at one point uh, when she was talking about the interloper, she actually points at the gunslinger in the shadows in the door. Mm. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But uh, then it says, the the gunslinger faded back out of the door and headed for town. The smell of the desert was clear in the air. Almost time to move on. Almost. Mm. Hmm. True. Section...
1: Okay. One other addition before then. Uh, I know he forgives you just as well as I know he will cast out the unrepentant from his palaces and into the place of burning darkness beyond the end of Endworld. So... Mm. We've heard of mid-world, we've heard of and So, basically, there's this sort of... A little bit of the geography of the the area we're talking about here. Uh, I forget if... Let's see. We've definitely said mid-world. I think at some point he said in-world, right?
0: I think so, yeah.
1: All right. Huh. So, there we go.
0: Making um, me think of, like, Middle-earth and... Uh... Like Valinor is kind of far away. I don't know. Mm. (laughs) Uh, All right, section 13 in bed again. Um, Basically, the the gunslinger is is asking where is this woman? Where does she live? Mm -hmm. Um, And Allie is reluctant to tell him. Uh, How long has she been here? Twelve years, or maybe only two. Time's funny, as thou knows. Let's not talk about her. But all he wants to talk about is Sylvia Pitston.
1: Exactly. The the trap has been sprung, and his mind just keeps going back and back to that woman. Mm -hmm. So, the... (coughs) Allie eventually says, she came from the dwellers from the desert. I thought so. He relaxed a little. another addition uh southeast in other words along the path he followed the one he could even see in the sky sometimes and he guessed the preacher woman had come a lot further than from the from the dwellers or even the desert how far how had she traveled so far by way of some old machine that still worked a train mayhap. so Mm
0: -hmm. setting up so it seems like uh because it yeah in a lot of ways this is like the old west but mm. there was clearly something before it, you know, singing Hey Jude, and there was machines, mm. you know? So, um, yeah, just going back to this is post apocalyptic, but it seems like just in Tull and like this, this desert area is the land that kind of time forgot, and there might still be um, technology elsewhere.
2: Mm.
0: Right? Exactly. I don't
1: know. Yeah, I would, uh, yeah, I would agree with that. That since we're in this post-apocalyptic kind of world, it's interesting that we've got both places that have regressed to old west times. But somewhere out there, there's references to these machines and some uh, train that may have taken her from very, very far away. So there we go. So that's basically that's 13. It's just that conversation. Uh, 14 is all just foreshadowing it was the last day and he knew it the sky was an ugly bruised purple weirdly lit from above with the first fingers of dawn uh Allie moved about like a wraith, lighting lamps and tending corn fritters that sputtered in the skillet uh he had loved her hard after she had told uh him what he wanted to know and she had sensed the coming and was and had given even more than she had ever given and she had given it with desperate desperation against the coming of dawn given it with the tireless energy of 16 but she was pale this morning on the brink of menopause again uh you know they eat breakfast i'm gonna dust up today Oh, it's going to dust up today. I'm not surprised. Are you ever? She she asked ironically, and then turned to watch him get his hat. He clapped it on his head and brushed past her. Sometimes, he told her, he only saw her once more alive. Yeah. So there's so another this little feels, bit of.
0: Yeah, little bit, another little know. bit of
1: ting shadowing. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> um, and also, this just seems like kind of the calm before the storm, really. Precisely.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. eating breakfast, you know, both of them. Clearly had, uh, <laughs> they had had some sex the night before, but the next day it seems like Allie is kind of worn out by it. So she seems drawn and on the brink of menopause. He says. Yeah. So it's like uh, they they
0: could sense that it was the last time that they exactly that the end was coming with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I was gonna say one more thing. I forgot. Oh, it really wasn't important. But I had some corn fritters yesterday, and they were delicious. So, yeah. Mm. uh... Lovely. (laughs) (laughs) I do...
1: No, but I like (laughs) corn fritters, too. (laughs) (laughs) So, here we go. Now he gets to Sylvia Pitson's check.
0: Section 15, Sylvia Pitson's house. Or what is now Sylvia Pitson's house, because it used to be the old preacher... As uh, yeah. Ali said, so what happened? Did Sylvia Pittston, like overthrow this old preacher? Did she kill him? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I was wondering that.
1: <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't think about that. But yeah, <laughs> uh, I wonder if just her poison religion kind of outweighed maybe a, a more tolerant religion that had pews and whatnot in the church. And I feel like her taking out all of the pews to make everybody stand and much more active seems like her kind of thing to do. Mm-hmm hmm good point so we've got again this aggressive overbearing christianity a large wooden cross nailed to the door of the place which was leaning and tired uh let's see he rapped on the door sylvia pitston stood in the hall uh wait hang on a small bolt on the inside ripped free the door banged against a haphazardly planked wall and scared rats into skittering flight she sat in the hall uh, in a mammoth ironwood rocker and looked at him calmly with those great and dark eyes. So I guess she opened the door and then ran back to the hall to sit down just to look uh, ominous as, she, as he uh, walks in the door. Uh, I disagree. Oh, okay. What are you saying?
0: So he rapped and waited. No answer. He rapped again. No answer. He drew back and kicked in the door with one hard shot. Oh, his right you're right. So he kicked the door in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He kicked in the door. <laughs> she
0: didn't let him in. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough.
1: All right, I'm, I missed that part. And she so just we, happens yeah. to
0: be sitting there in the rocker.
1: Indeed, Hating. unperturbed by him not kicking in the door. Yeah. So let's see. Here we go. We've got another, um, some more changes. Uh, let's see. He came to you, the gunslinger said, and to my bed. He spoke to me in the tongue, the high speech. He, he screwed you in every sense of the word. She didn't flinch. You walk an evil way, gunslinger. You stand in shadows. You stood in the shadows of the holy place last night. Did you think I didn't see you? Why did he heal the weed eater? He's an angel of God. He said so. I hope he smiled when he said it. Uh, He told me you would follow. He told me what to do. He said you were the antichrist. The gunslinger shook his head. He didn't say that. Uh, She smiled up at him lazily. Uh, He said you would want to bed me. Is it true? Did you ever meet a man who didn't want to bed you? Uh, the price of my f- flesh would be your life, gunslinger. He has gotten me with child. Not his, but the child of a great king. So, weird sort of... I mean, trying to imagine how that would even happen, but... That's, the... Yeah, that's
0: what I was wondering. <laughs> Some sort of conception from afar? Did she meet this great king? Hmm. I don't understand. Uh, but I guess I will eventually...
1: exactly so we've got this great king that she's mentioning and which reminds me of the earlier edition of talking about the devil as the crimson king with bloody eyes so now i'm wondering like did the man in black sort of come across as an emissary of whoever this uh great king is like is this great king good or evil so we're not quite sure yet
0: hmm well is the, is the man in black actually evil is you know because according to her he's an angel of god very true but uh you know sometimes those angels weren't uh you know it wasn't satan an angel as well very true so Indeed. <laughs> loose. and Lucy also the it, yeah and it's uh um you know, what are their motivations? Sometimes, I always think of, you know, is, is the villain really a villain? Is the good person really a good person? Mm. According to, it's all about point of view.
1: Exactly. Which I feel like uh, that could be kind of that whole sort of twisting of your expectations is one of the reasons why I love the movie Beauty and the Beast because the person you think is the villain is kind of the one who needs to be saved. The person who you think is going to need to be saved does the saving. And the person who you think is going to save the damsel in distress is actually the villain.
0: Yeah, that's true. Mm. And there's probably plenty more examples of sort of the, who you think is the hero is actually the villain kind of deal. Exactly. Yeah. There's,
1: I forget who wrote it. I don't even know if I even have it anymore. But um, it's called, like, The Actual Truth, The Whole Truth, or... I I don't know. It's this very short book where basically it, it plays on those kind of assumptions where, you know, the person who looks like the villain is actually the victim, the person who... Looks like they're the victim are actually saving the villain and the person who looks like the hero coming in at the end is actually the villain. So oh. what was that called? There you go. It's called The Gap Into Conflict, The Real Story. So basically same ideas of what we're talking about here.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, so the gunslinger dropped his hands to the butts of his pistols. You have a demon woman, not a king. Yeah, fear not, I can remove it. So, he's uh, about to do an abortion here, basically?
1: Yeah, basically, uh, you know, uh, an abortion with his guns, I guess, instead of a wire hanger or whatever else.
0: that would be pretty final. Yeah, yes, indeed. As I was reading this, I was like, did he actually abort this baby with the guns? I don't really understand what happened here.
1: Hmm. No, yeah, the... From at least what they said, the two of them say and think, it seems like he was pretty successful there. Uh, yeah, you know, we both know it. Uh, what's beyond the desert? No, answer me. No, the demon. Then he said, "Out it comes." He pried her legs apart and unholstered his guns. Ah, uh, so basically, they're going through with not only a there's the this abortion that's happening, and b also an interrogation at the same time. then she, as he's going through it, she almost kind of gives up. And she says, mountains. And he says, what about them? He stops on the other side to make his strength meditation. And the whole mountain of flesh suddenly strained forward and upward. Yet he was careful not to let her secret flesh touch him. Then she seemed to wilt and grow smaller. Uh, She wept with her hands in her lap. So, he said, getting up, the demon is served, eh? get out you've killed the child Uh, you've killed the child of the crimson king but you will be repaid i set my watch and warrant on it now get out get out so there we go it is confirmed
2: that
1: this king that she was pregnant with was the crimson king who she kind of identified as the devil in her sermon but she's okay with it uh you know in her womb
0: yeah that's true uh was this maybe a bit of like Magic again that the gun did? I think did so, in order to get rid of the child because he didn't fire the gun or anything, it was just no, sort
1: of... no, just sort of wiggled it around. Well, I don't know, it...
0: I, know. Yeah.
1: I don't want to think about it too much, but yeah, sure, let's say magic,
0: <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> uh, leave me alone. He did so, mm. um, he has gotten rid of the demon. We have exorcised mm. the demons. <laughs> <laughs> So right. basically, section Gunslinger
1: it, it, Gunslinger thinks he has won. Uh, section 16, he says, all right, time to mosey on out of here. So goes to get his mule. Uh, Kennerly kind of stalls a little bit uh, just to sort of hold him there. And then, I'll want the mule now, the Gunslinger said simply. Sure. But Kennerly did not turn away, merely stood as if searching for something further to say and the gunslinger and grinning his groveling hate filled grin his eyes flicked up and over at the gunslinger's shoulder gunslinger side swept and sta- side and turned at the same time and the heavy stick of stove wood and the girl sc- the girl subi uh held swished through the air grazed grazing his elbow only she lost hold of it with the force of her swing and it clattered over the floor in the explosive height of the loft barn swallows took shadowed wing Uh, The girl looked at him bovinely, her breast thrust with overripe grandeur at the wash-faded shirt she wore. One thumb sought the haven of her mouth with dreamlike slowness. Hmm. Gunslinger turned back to Kennerly. His grin was huge. I... His eyes rolled in their sockets. The mule? The gunslinger prodded gently. Sure, sure, sure. The grin now touched with incredulity that he should still be alive. He shuffled to get it. Uh, So basically... We've got the first attempt of, well, I guess the second attempt of someone in this town to kill the gunslinger. Uh, first, we got Ship oh, with his knife. Oh, uh, then we've got uh, Subie Kennerly uh, with her huge length of stove wood that I guess must have been really heavy. But basically, she brought it down and gunslinger sidestepped. She missed. And then wood goes flying. And then she basically she and Kennerly are both terrified that their one chance to catch the gunslinger by surprise failed. And she's put her thumb in her mouth. He is just sort of, ah.
0: yeah, and sorry. don't kill us. Don't kill us, please.
1: Exactly. Gunslinger <laughs> doesn't care. He's just like, just the mule. I'm just here for the mule, <laughs> uh-huh. completely businesslike and doesn't care about any of this.
0: Yeah. I'm also really impressed with the, uh, the gunslinger's uh, Jedi like awareness at being able to sort of evade all these um, kind of threats on his life that he can kind of tell what's going on around him pretty well.
1: Precisely. He is hyper-aware at all times of people looking around him, of sounds behind him, Uh, even when, actually, I wonder if the first attempt by Sheb when he said his reflexes had dulled, I wonder if that kind of prepared him for things to be getting worse a little bit.
0: Hmm. Yeah, he's he's on guard, definitely.
1: Exactly. So uh, walks the mule up the center of the street, uh, section 17 now, uh, and stops at the tonk, but uh, Allie wasn't there. Uh, fills his tote bag with cornmeal, dried and roasted corn, half of the raw hamburg from the cooler. So basically, he's almost kind of looting
0: her a little bit here. I was, well, no, but he leaves four oh, coins. You're right. He did leave four gold pieces. Uh, Which, I, I'm wondering, how much gold does the Goldslinger have? This has got to be pretty heavy.
1: He yeah, Goldslinger, exactly, yeah. He is, <laughs> he is did a man I say Goldslinger? You did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's not just a man who's three... He's not just slinging guns, he's slinging gold as well. <laughs> so I, I, that's got to also be a little bit of the sort of contempt that these town people have for him, just that he's throwing his money around and he's doing whatever he wants and he's dangerous, but he's also just sort of quiet and I feel like that might sort of spring up uh, some of the events that follow, I guess. That not only does it seem like uh, they're mad at him for various other reasons, but... Uh, actually let's just head straight into it um, we head in uh, Sheb's piano with him a uh, silent uh, yellow tooth toodaloo. Uh the man in black had played god and tall. he had spoken of a king's child a red prince was it only a sense of the cosmic comic or a matter of desperation it was a question of some importance hmm. so and then all hell breaks loose
0: yeah well, I just wanted to. There, there's some examples of. Uh, I, I just love alliteration. You know? Oh, me too. The, the, the cosmic comic. I thought that was a cool little mm. phrase to to use there because it's uh, it's just saying how you know the, the, this this world we live in is is just a, a comedy to him, you know.
2: <laughs> mm.
0: And it it rhymes. It, it's just a cool little phrase: "cosmic comic," or "matter exactly. of desperation." Yeah. Then, yeah, that escalated quickly, is is what uh, I, I thought as I was reading this was, you know, the anchor man, that whole thing. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> oh, okay, here we go. All right. Indeed. So the trap was sprung. Men in long hangles, men in dirty dungarees, women in slacks and faded dresses, even children tagging after, tagging after their parents. In every hand, there was a chunk of wood or a knife. Hmm. His reaction was automatic, instantaneous, inbred. He whirled on his heels while his hands pulled the guns from their holsters, the butts heavy and sure in his hands. It was Allie, and of course it had to be Allie, coming at him with her face distorted, the scar a hellish purple in the lowering light. He saw that she was held hostage. The distorted, grimacing face of Shib peered over her shoulder like a witch's familiar. She was his shield and sacrifice. He saw it all, clear and shadowless, in the frozen, deathless light of the sterile calm, and heard her, Kill me, Roland. Kill me. I said the word nineteen. I said, and he told me. I can't bear it. So that's an addition, right?
1: That well, that's that's a straight up change. Here's where uh, we've got our Greedo shot first moment. Where? Huh. Uh, let's see. Um, let me go back. It's a cosmic comic. So in the original, she says, "He's got me." Oh Jesus! Don't shoot! Don't shoot! Don't don't. But his hands were trained. He was the last of his breed, and it was not only his mouth that spoke the high speech. The guns beat their heavy atonal music in the air. Her mouth flapped, and she sagged, and the guns fired again. Gut- Sheb's head snapped back. They both fell into the dust. So, we oh, go right. from... So, there, I think, is the full actual reason for this whole 19 note. That, basically, it's absolving the gunslinger of Allie's death. This woman that he's spent almost a a week with, and he's been staying with her and sleeping with her. And in the original version, she's a human shield, and the gunslinger just, he has almost no choice. His guns just speak on their own, and they just, he just shoots her without thinking about it.
0: Uh, right. so in the the change, it kind of gives the gunslinger, like, a reason for doing it, like... Exactly,
1: that not only is she telling him to do it, but she's apparently been driven mad by the knowledge of what happens after death and uh, the word 19 and all that. Hmm. So in the new version, it says, the hands were trained to give her what she wanted. He was the last of his breed, and it was not only his mouth that knew the high speech. The guns beat their heavy atonal music in the air. Her mouth flapped and... She sagged and the guns fired again. The last expression on her face might have been gratitude. Sheb's head snapped back. They both fell into the dust. They've gone so, into so, the so, land of 19, he thought, whatever is there.
0: Yeah, so, so the whole point of this is to not make the gunslinger a cold-blooded killer, just like not making Han a cold-blooded killer by having Greedo shoot first. Yeah, that is, uh
2: hmm.
0: I don't know what I like better.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, I definitely, I've the original version is always my go-to that I always read, and it it definitely establishes a different character for the gunslinger. That in the original version, he is his guns speak faster than his mind. His his hands are trained to just fire at every possible threat from all directions without thinking
0: about it. And yeah, he's all business. And exactly. he, has, he has a job to do. And even if he's gotten close to Ali, he's listening her play the fiddle and ate her corn fritters. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this it's, it's more uh, I have to do this because she's begging me for death because she's gone insane because she said 19.
2: Yeah, huh.
1: precisely. I I like the idea of what he's trying to do, but I, it feels a little bit clumsy to me. Like, this note sort of comes out of nowhere that the man in black gives Mort, gives uh, Nort to give her. And from that, just... I mean, I don't know. I mean, in some cases I like it, in some cases I don't. Because it's also kind of setting up that... Uh, the Man in Black sort of knows what happens after you die, and uh, or at the very least, Nort does. And he's kind of taunting Allie with this information and forcing the gunslinger to kill her, this woman that he's been with this whole time. So mm. it makes the Man in Black more evil and it makes the gunslinger more good, but... I don't know, I almost like the purity of the original version of his guns just firing on their own, and he's the kind of person who won't be negotiated with, won't be sort of uh, manipulated by saying, oh wait, you can't shoot me now, I've got this woman that you love in front of me, and him just saying, fuck that, I'll just shoot straight through her, sort of. So it's a little bit less badass in a way but a little bit more of a good person kind of
0: yeah so i'm trying to think of the uh the dungeons and dragons uh chart Mm. with this one does it kind of move him from sort of chaotic evil to like chaotic good or something Um, if anything
1: i would say almost moves him from chaotic neutral i would say because he isn't choosing to shoot Allie in the original version. He's just shooting her because his hands are just firing at every target that he sees. Okay. Um but yeah, definitely going from chaotic to lawful, I would say, and okay. certainly towards lawful good, where she asks him to kill him and he obliges her. And the last uh the last look on her fight her face might have been gratitude. So basically just one great big absolution for the gunslinger here
0: (laughs) but then from that point
1: before we move on kill me roland so here we've got his first name for the first time
0: there it is and that that's (laughs) because i i'd I'd listened to this whole thing and when you said roland earlier i was like wait a minute i've heard that name you're like damn it i didn't mean to say that (laughs) (laughs) so okay I, i wasn't too far off yeah it is still so with first section we see his name
1: Roland mm-hmm. and Walter I am gonna have to go through the original again to see exactly where they say his name for the first time but a uh, question for another day so yeah. here we go basically <clears throat> shoots her uh some more th- sticks flying through the air uh one stick with a nail pounded raggedly through it ripped at his arm man with beard stubble and sweat-stained armpits lunged flying at him with a dull kitchen knife gunslinger shot him dead and the man thumped into the street his false his false teeth shot out as his chin struck and grinned spit shiny in the dirt like (laughs) a lot of very specific imagery we're talking about
0: here oh yeah Hmm. Absolutely. Satan, someone was screaming. The accursed, bring him down. The interloper, another voice cried. Sticks rained on him. A knife sh- struck his boot and bounced. The interloper, the antichrist. And he just starts shooting. He just starts shooting.
1: <laughs> I mean, I do kind of like that in both versions. It continues shooting. <laughs> continues, exactly. The first <laughs> yeah. first one he killed was Allie. The, yeah. But you do- estab- they do establish that he's not just firing from a distance and killing all of these people who seem threats but not quite fully threats he you know after Allie, i guess the the townspeople attack him so he they do draw first blood yeah. so it's it is it could be called self defense the at the very least but yeah.
0: well this is this is the trap that the man in black has set oh i think well i think the trap was sort of twofold because Mm -hmm. i I think first was uh that sylvia Pittston was with the crimson king's child Mm -hmm. so i think that was the first sort of trap was okay i need to get rid of this demon and he thought okay hopefully that's it oh no that's not it okay i gotta i gotta take care of the rest of this town time to go to work
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) actually i would say the first trap is probably alley and getting him oh, to okay. stay longer getting him to become almost known to all of these townspeople and then i guess well it's a good it's a good question are, are they both traps or is ally the trap and he was supposed and sylvia pitston was supposed to kill him before he got a chance to uh abort the child of the crimson king
2: yeah
1: but yeah, no. definitely. And, and it's interesting that the gunslinger thinks of Sylvia Pittston also as the trap. But personally, I almost think he's wrong there. I think that he was meant to, because otherwise, why would the man in black, like, impregnate her with the Crimson King's child if it was supposed to be a, a, a trap for the gunslinger?
0: Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. That mm. makes sense. No. Mm so there well, you go you in any event, it's al- because he, it's like almost you know aborting the baby is a moot point because he's about to just kill her anyway so mm.
1: <laughs> but it's i feel like he wouldn't she wouldn't have riled the entire town against him if he hadn't aborted the baby
0: oh okay yeah yeah because
1: yeah. Hmm. it seems like that's sort of what riled up this entire town that the this uh poison religion preacher has whipped up the entire town into a frenzy by saying this is the devil this is the interloper kill this man right now Mm. so basically gunslinger led a feverish parade across the street and down the rickety general store slash barbershop uh mounted the boardwalk turned again fired the rest of his loads into the charging crowd uh behind him behind them sheb and ali and the others lay crucified in the dust so crucified, I feel like is a very pointed word.
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah,
1: as though Ali kind of Ali and Sheb almost died for the rest of the town's sins. Um, let's see. Most of them had never even had probably never even seen a gun. Uh, so we go along. Gunslinger takes cover for a second to reload as fast as he can.
0: Which um, I. I... Always appreciate that, you know, because mm. a lot of times in movies and books, it's like they just keep firing and firing and firing. It's like, how many guns? I mean, how many bullets do you got here? It's like uh, Jesse Ventura in The Predator, where he just has his minigun and he just keeps firing. It's like, how <laughs> did he do that? Yeah. How did he carry all those bullets with him in the jungle?
1: <laughs> exactly. A minigun. I feel like that would almost empty out at the speed that it's firing. It would empty out in less than a few seconds, I would think.
0: Oh, Crazy, But he actually says he he loaded and uh, he said some sort of uh, reloading trick or something.
1: Exactly. Yeah. He reloaded as he went with a rapidity that had been trained, had also been trained into his fingers. They shuttled busily between gun belts and cylinders. Now, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. His his gun belts are sort of crisscrossed on his waist. So he's got bullets going like all the way around, I think. Uh, Mm -hmm. Anywhere that doesn't have like a holster in it. So... I mean, I don't know, we can't estimate how many bullets he might have, but at the very least he goes through them.
0: Well, I mean, we find out later that he kills 39, right? Mm. So he also seems to be very efficient with his shooting, you know, uh, I think at one point he said at each shot, oh, here it is, "They (coughs) they never hesitated or faltered, although every shot he fired found a vital spot. And although they had probably never seen a gun. So he's, you know, that's a kill. That's a kill. (laughs) Mm, (laughs) Makes me think of Bill Bill the Butcher, you know, and Gangs in New York.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, well, let's see. Yeah, as he's like stabbing each part of like, what is it, like a side of beef or something? Or is it a a pig?
0: I think it's, it's a pig hanging and he's just like, you know, finding all the vital areas. He was stabbing, but... The gunslinger is just so precise with his shooting that he's like, and I'm going to shoot you in the liver, that one's in the heart, That one, you know, just mm-hmm. something that'll be a fatal shot. Exactly. I, I, I don't think he misses at all.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> he is uh, the, yeah, you know, the gunslinger of gunslingers. He is the, the last and best of all of them. <laughs> Let's see. So, it goes through, reloading. Uh, Shot his guns empty, and they fell like nine pins in a game of points. Uh, Was that bowling? Yeah, yeah, bowling. Okay. (laughs) So, surprisingly little has actually been changed in this whole bloodbath that we've got going on. The game of points is one thing. Uh, Let's see but for the most part you know other than a word here or there he kind of let it stand as it was of this uh roland shooting through the entire town and
0: just yeah, just I, killing everybody i see no need to change any of this this is oh yeah perfect. this is solid stuff yeah this mm-hmm. is
1: the you can this is one of the clearest scenes where you can imagine clint eastwood just firing and firing and firing and just emotionless, and once the, as soon as the guns are empty by their, I'm sure he has some sort of a counter going on in his head, he finds some place to run for cover, reloads as fast as possible, and then runs out of, and then jumps out of a window uh, firing just to maintain the element of surprise.
0: Mm -hmm. So they were throwing...
1: Bad ass. Bad ass is the word. Uh, they were in throwing range as he finished reloading, and a stick struck him in the forehead and brought blood in abraded drops. In two seconds, they would be in gripping distance. In the forefront, he saw Kennerly, Kennerly's younger daughter, perhaps eleven, Subi, two male barflies, a whore named Amy Felden. He let them all have it, and the ones behind them, their bodies thumped like scarecrows, brain and... blood and brains flew in streamers. Um... Hmm. Keeps going for a bit. Then it was Sylvia Pittston running at him, waving a wooden cross in each hand. Devil, 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 child killer, monster, destroy him, brothers and sisters, destroy the child killing interloper. He put a shot into each of the cross pieces, blowing the wood, er, the roots to splinters, and four more into the woman's head. She seemed to accordion into herself and waver like a shimmer of heat.
0: So I think that's the only example of him wasting some bullets. Mm. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to put. Two into these crosses, just because I want to, and four into your head. Although I only need one. Exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's definitely he. He understands that she's the one riling up this whole town, so he gives he throws a little bit of uh, unnecessary bullets into her just to drive home the point a little bit more. Um, just to,
0: to go back one second. Do do do. Uh.
1: Yeah, not only as killing her, but people, killing her religion as well.
0: Yeah. Um, after, as he's shooting people, uh, they cast no shadows in the deathless purple light of the day. He realized he was screaming. He had been screaming all along. His eyes felt like cracked ball bearings. His balls had drawn up against his belly. His legs were wood. His ears were iron. I, it's Just cool imagery right there of like just how businesslike This is for him. His legs were wood. His ears were iron.
1: Hmm. It's true. It's almost as though he's uh, objectifying himself so that he can do what needs to be done. That he's calling himself wood and iron and just saying, I'm not even a person anymore. I'm just, just, uh, well, wood and iron.
0: An instrument of death. (laughs) <laughs> wood and
1: iron combined uh, t- he is basically turning himself into a gun
2: mm-hmm.
1: mm. oh. so there we go they st- They all stared at him for a moment in tableau while the gunslinger's fingers did their reloading trick uh, there were fewer of them now he had run through them like a mower's scythe he thought that they would break with the woman dead but someone threw a knife anyway the hilt struck him squarely between the eyes and knocked him over they uh, ran at him in a reaching, vicious clot. So clearly the gunslinger had been hoping that they would stop once he killed this woman, that it was some sort of a magical spell that he had, she had over them. But mm-hmm. no, it was just her words, that she had whipped them up into this frenzy and it wasn't going to die once the, she was dead. And if anything, I, one would think that they would fight harder for their martyr that uh, the gunslinger had just killed.
0: Yeah, it makes me think of, like, zombies coming at you and just like they just keep coming they keep coming in waves you know no matter how many you kill there's more behind it you know exactly
1: (laughs) actually this makes me think like all right so we're currently a story being told within a dream that the gunslinger is having so i wonder how much of this is an unreliable narrator type thing like did actually every single man woman and child in this town come after him with a weapon and hit him first before he shot them or was it some sort of a is this some sort of a him rewriting his own history to say that you know i this entire town was coming after me i had to kill them all i had to do it so who knows like to what percentage of this is actually true so
0: yeah, well this is him telling the story to brown right so maybe exactly he's trying to just justify his actions a little bit
1: exactly yeah, yeah. i would I, I would say so that maybe i mean i doubt that the gunslinger went you know from house to house and shooting people as they're eating dinner or whatever but i feel like the it might have been you know a little bit further distance it might have been you know fewer people actually hit him with their sticks and knives and uh tree branches with uh nails stuck through them and things that i feel like personally to me this feels like unreliable narrator territory the way that everybody becomes zombies and he becomes a, an unthinking weapon that shoots them all down without it without giving a second thought so
0: yeah also it says here uh do while the people are coming at him um uh, he fired his guns empty again, lying in his own spent shells, his head hurt, and he saw large brown circles in front of his eyes. He missed with one shot, downed eleven with the rest so so he did miss once. <laughs> <clears throat>
1: It's interesting, he saw large brown circles in front of his eyes. Like, I wonder, is that from the, you know, constant recoil of the guns sort of, like, pushing him backwards? Or is it from the heat and being hit by all these people? Like, what does that signify, like, medically? I don't even know what would cause brown circles to appear in front of your eyes.
0: Yeah, it's like when you're just in that rage where you you just, you see red Mm. and and Mm. you're just... You know, tunnel vision kind of going on. Okay, um, I can see that. Also, Have, have you ever shot a gun, kid? I have not. I have not either. So a lot of this, uh, I don't really want to ever shoot a gun, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like I don't have, um, you know, something to go off of, of what it feels like to, to shoot a gun or to reload it or the fact that, you know, that, that it gets hot when you're mm-hmm. shooting it. Uh, exactly yeah. yeah it even
1: says that as he's reloading and pulling out the spent shells and putting in the fresh ones that they're blistering his fingers
0: yeah yeah these i guess these are six shooters he has so he's gotta reload assume,
1: yeah revolvers oh I yeah guess. because
0: he's he said he missed with one shot and downed 11 with the rest so he had 12 there shots
1: you go. 12 shots two guns. guns yeah
0: yeah so
1: let's see uh, but they were on him, the ones that were left. He fired the four shells he had reloaded, and then they were beating him, stabbing him. He threw a pair of them off his left arm and rolled away. His fit hands kept began doing their infallible trick. He was stabbed in the shoulder, stabbed in the back. He was hit across the ribs, stabbed in the ass by what might have been a meat fork. Uh, a small boy squirmed at him and made the only deep cut across the bulge of his th- bulge of his calf. The gunslinger blew his head off. So... Do you
0: think that... Yeah, well... Because he's killing children, too, in this. He is, indeed. Man, this guy, I I thought I liked him, but what is Hmm. going on here? Um, But, so, a a small boy was the only one that made a deep cut, and they also made a reference earlier that he was a small boy in Megis. So maybe it's kind of saying that um, that he, he could only finally feel something when he could relate that, oh, I was that small boy once, too, and I... Have gotten a cut from, I don't
1: know. <laughs> no, I like it. Um, it could be, could be. The personally, I always just saw it as small boy came up to him and he didn't see him as a threat, so he might have been focusing on you know other people. But then this kid gets a like a deep cut into his calf, so mm-hmm. mm, uh, his immediate reflexive response is always just shoot all threats, so just kills blows everybody,
0: yeah. blows it off. Oof. um
1: so they were scattering he let him have it again uh back shooting now the ones oh left back behind. shooting yeah what that, is back that shooting
0: was, i'm assuming that that means that he's running away and shooting blindly behind him but still oh. <laughs> like sort of guns fired
1: okay <laughs> yeah guns firing like over his shoulder and just sort of like running and every so often just sort of checking uh yeah,
0: yeah. So just let's proving see. how amazing he is with the guns.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, oh, I also like this little, um, I guess this is a simile. Um, the ones left began to retreat toward the sand-colored pitted buildings, and still the hands did their business, like over-eager dogs that want to do their rolling-over trick for you, not once or twice, but all night. It, it's just a cool, you know, because we've all experienced that. You're like, okay, yes, that's a good trick. But leave me alone, you know. And he's just like, "Nope, I am trained to do this, and I will keep doing it for as long as necessary."
1: Exactly. And also, just sort of seeing it as I have this skill, I I have these guns, I want to use them, I want to fire, and just show how good I am. And <laughs> it does. It's. I don't know if it's that's a conscious thought, but I feel like all talent wants to be used. So it almost seems like when you have a talent like firing guns like this and an opportunity comes along where an entire town is shooting at you. I feel like the back of his mind, the evil reptilian part of him wants is excited at this prospect of being able to say, okay, look what I can do. But the, the, the front, you know, um, the civilized part of him is probably saying, no, I, I left off as long as I could and I only fired in self-defense and everything. But, the, the dark part in the back of his brain is like, just give me a chance. Just give me a chance and I'll show you what I can do.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh huh. But then finally, the last one made it as far as the steps of the barbershop's back porch and then the gunslinger's bullet took him in the back of the head. Yow, the man cried and fell over. It was Toll's final word on the business. Silence came back in, filling jagged spaces. So everyone's dead you know mm. there's no one alive to even tell the story so he can tell the story however he wants you know exactly <laughs> uh, so, so yeah you see him he's bleeding
1: yeah he's bleeding from perhaps 20 different wounds all of them shallow except for the one of the calf he bound that with a strip of a shirt straightened and examined his kill they trailed in a twisting zigzagging path from the back door of the barbershop to where he stood they lay in all positions. None of them seemed to be sleeping. He followed the trail of death, counting as he went. In the general store, one man sprawled his arms lovingly wrap, wrapped lovingly around the cracked candy jar he had dragged down with him. Oh, yeah,
0: they were just, just uh, just using just the imagery as weapons. Also <laughs> true. <laughs> mm. uh, here's a candy jar. I'll throw that at him. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, here's something. <laughs> Whatever. Just throw things at this gunslinger It just amazes me that they don't have any better weapons. It's like they're Hmm. they're throwing sticks and like wood with nails in it, like yeah, kitchen knives. knives. Yeah, that's about it. But they've never seen a gun, huh? Hmm.
1: It's true. It's basically this whole town, like as we've seen, it's the edge of civilization. Not only. Literally, but also metaphorically, that these people are on the edge of civilized, and it only takes this Sylvia Pittston woman to turn them into these brutal animals. That they never reach for like complicated weapons; they just reach for whatever they can. You know, the first things at hand. I'm like, I'm surprised there wasn't a pitchfork or any kind of any kind.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, he did say he got stabbed in the ass with a with a fork. With a meat fork. There you go. Oh, meat yep. fork. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm realizing that I misspoke before. Uh, no. It says after he counted them up, he had shot and killed thirty-nine men, fourteen women, and five children. So mm-hmm. all told, that's uh, fifty-eight. Mm, yeah. He had shot and killed 14, everyone in total. Forty-three. Forty-eight. I think. Wait.
1: Thirty-nine. 30,
0: thirty-nine plus nineteen is fifty-eight. Hmm. Oh, and, interesting. And you get your 19 again there, right? Yeah, 14, I never thought, thought about that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 19 women and children.
2: Oh. Hmm.
1: I wonder if that's deliberate now. Hmm. hmm. But let's see. So, basically after this is all over, he kind of binds his wound, goes back into uh Sheb's, has a few drinks and uh eats his hamburger like nothing ever happened. <laughs>
0: all business oh uh did, does he find nort at this point oh yes good point
1: yeah uh walked out of town mule standing in a clump of weed about 40 yards further along um outside kennerly's stable the wind was playing a jagtime tune he put the mule up for the time being and went back to the tonk he found a ladder in the back shed oh wait no i missed it where the hell
0: is more nort uh, uh, a, a, here it is a, a, right after the count a sickish sweet odor came to him on the first of the dry stirring wind he followed it, then looked up and nodded. The decaying body of Nort was spread eagle atop the plank roof of Shevd, crucified with wooden pegs. Mouth and eyes were open, the mark of a large and purple cloven hoof had been pressed into the skin of his grimy forehead. So I guess the townspeople had crucified Nort and I so guess long so. ago that that his body was decaying. Huh? Weird. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that was... Weird. I was wondering why they crucified Nort and put a purple cloven hoof on his head. Because the man in black had brought him back. I don't know. Ooh, cool.
1: I wonder, actually. Because the the connection that I made, Um, a large and purple cloven hoof had been pressed into the skin of his grimy forehead. So Allie has a purple scar going across her forehead. And Nort told her the secret of 19 that kind of made her go crazy. Did Allie kill Nort?
0: I mm. wonder. Ah, I think it might've been Allie, yeah.
1: Yeah, because I feel like she's the only one who has any kind of motive to do so. And he, she finally, you know, broke down and said this number that she didn't want to. And he tells her what happens after death. So that's the last we hear about anything happening with Nort. So, Logically, it almost makes it seem like Allie killed Nord. yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess after she said 19, she... Uh, she kind of lost it. She lost it and killed him, and and that's when she was begging for death because she probably felt remorse, I guess, for that.
1: True. Perhaps. Could be, huh. could be. I
0: don't know. Um, the so crucifixion we get back is away. odd,
1: but yeah. I don't know. I wonder if she may have killed him, but then Sylvia Pitston decided to turn him into some sort of a unholy uh, crucifix.
0: Yeah, sort of an effigy or something, I don't know. Exactly. Hmm. Hmm. Anywho, uh, so he, Qua- he cut Something North I never loose. thought about
1: before while I was reading. But yeah, so go ahead.
0: So he, he cuts Nort loose. The body was lighter than a bag of sticks. He tumbled it down to join the common people. Um,
1: those who would went back only have to die and... once
0: wait what was it those who would uh... only have to die once yeah yeah. <laughs> because yeah Nord had to die twice That's right. exactly <laughs> mm. Then a natural cause to...
1: once of murder <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah uh, then he, he went, went back, back inside in and had his drinks had his burgers um, oh this was the thing that I the next morning the wind was oh he had no dreams also Mm. Which, to me, is... Uh, I don't know. I don't know what that means. Um, but the next morning, the wind was gone, and the sun, with its usual bright and forgetful self, the bodies had gone south like tumbleweeds with the wind. At mid-morning, after he had bound all his cuts, he moved on as well. Uh, what? So the bodies were gone?
1: That is interesting, yeah.
0: Like... <laughs> it had more time there...
1: passed? <laughs> huh. interesting. Like, as time gone funny a little bit just as he's sleeping there and he wakes up in the morning and just everyone's gone anyway. Huh. I want to put a pin in that because I like that thought that sort of a- after he sort of gives in to his gunslinger nature, shoots everybody, then time kind of skips forward almost.
0: Yeah. All right, um, section 18. We're now back to Brown and Zolt- Zoltan.
1: Mm. so he thought brown had fallen asleep and the fire was down to no more than a spark and the bird zoltan had put his head under his wing just as he was about to get up and spread a pallet in the corner brown said there you've done it do you feel better the gunslinger started why would i feel bad you're a human you said no demon or did you lie i didn't lie he felt a grudging admittance in him he liked brown honestly did And he hadn't lied to the dweller in any way. Who are you, Brown? Really, I mean. Just me, he said, unperturbed. Why do you have to think you're in the middle of such a mystery? The gunslinger lit a smoke without replying. I think you're very close to your man in black, Brown said. Is he desperate? I don't know. Are you? Not yet, the gunslinger said. He looked at Brown with a shade of defiance. I go where I have to go, do what I have to do. That's good, then, Brown said
0: turned over, and went to sleep. Uh, So who is Brown? Uh, I guess we'll maybe find out, or maybe we won't. But But even
1: he himself says, why do I have to be a mystery?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm just Maybe he has exactly what he
1: says. Yeah, who knows? (laughs) And also it's Uh, interesting that uh, Gunslinger says he didn't lie. And so, I don't know. That's what earlier, to say. Also true. (laughs) The... You know, my unreliable (laughs) narrator theory, I'm not quite so sure anymore. But because I do believe, because that's the thing. I believe Roland when he says he's not lying. But it might also just be that, you know, in telling the story, he's unconsciously changing some details here and there. Number 19.
0: Section 19. Which I thought when I was reading this, like as it was going along, like because of the number 19, I'm like something's going to happen in section 19. Nothing really happens in Section 19. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: Basically, he gives Brown permission to eat his mule. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they say goodbye. Long days uh, okay. and pleasant nights.
0: May you have twice the number.
1: <laughs> nodded at each other. And the man Alley had called, Roland, walked away. So, basically, as he looks back, Brown is ex- exactly where he found him, uh, rooting furiously in his little cor- corn bed. The crow perched on the low roof of his dwelling like a gargoyle.
2: Gargoyle. Hmm.
1: So then, in section 20, fire is down, the stars pale so now, off.
0: Now we're back to the, the beginning of where he was at the fire. Yeah, exactly. The, the top, top level, level of our story within a story within a story within a story.
1: Yep. <laughs> so, the wind walked restlessly, told its tale to no one. Gunslinger twitched in his sleep and was still again. He dreamed a thirsty dream. In the darkness, the shape of the mountains was invisible. Any thoughts of guilt, any feelings of regret had faded. The desert had baked them out. He found himself thinking more and more about Cort, who had taught him to shoot. Cort had known black from white. He stirred again and woke. He blinked at the dead fire, with its own shape superimposed over the other, more geometrical one. He was a romantic, he knew it. And he guarded that knowledge furiously, uh, j- j- jealously. It was a secret he had shared only with a few over the years. The girl named Susan, the girl from Magus, had been one of them. That, of course, made him think of Court again. Court was dead. They were all dead, except for him. The world had moved on. The, gold sl- the gunslinger sh- uh, shouldered his gunna and moved on with it. I was about to say goldslinger again. Uh, <laughs> With a little bit less gold. I mean, actually, probably he went back after the ta- after killing the entire town, probably went back to the cash register and was like, all right, I'll take all this gold back. Um. Or I wonder. I wonder if he would do that. Because, I mean, it's it's an interesting thought. Like, you know, looting for sustenance and just for meat and beer to keep himself alive versus going back and taking the money that he left for this meat and beer. So... I don't know where right. the what the what where would you draw the line on you know stealing from the dead versus just being practical?
0: Uh, well, I think when you're in the desert and it's life or death, it's it's perfectly okay to t- take what you need to survive. Um, I
1: think so too.
0: I, I was just reading just to see um, the differences there in Ooh, yeah. there 20. are a few, yeah yeah um so court is mentioned in the original, but Susan and Medgis is not. Correct. so court was there all along, but um, so we're getting some back shadowing again to his life before and it seems that court was sort of his um, mentor mm. taught him how to shoot and everything, and Susan was his his lover from mm. the the past. Uh, It seems the only person that he he had loved. Um, But she had died in Mejus, and Sheb was there too, right?
1: Mm. Exactly.
0: Wow. And that's the end of chapter one. That is the end of section one. In your book, do you have illustrations? I do. They're
1: right. Ooh, that one I don't have. Ooh, that's a great one. I was I was thinking about that, where you see the gunslinger far uh, at the uh, top edge of the frame, and just all of the dead bodies are winding their way in front of him
0: oh, wow. in
1: the foreground.
0: Pretty cool shot. Who's the illustrator again in this? Michael Whalen. Michael Whalen, yeah,
1: yeah. The one I've got here, I've got uh, just two crisscrossed oh. uh, revolvers at the end.
0: Yeah, I got that too. So.
1: Nice. <laughs> So there you go. I guess I've got the black and white uh, pictures, but you've got the color, uh, the glossies.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Indeed. Oh, man. this! I'm so excited to keep reading. That's why I, I wanted know. to make sure that we recorded today because uh, we are going down to Portland. But I was like, i got to record before we go because I want to keep reading.
1: <laughs> mm. Oh, I love this book so much. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: the... all, all I read so far is just chapter two is called The Way Station. So mm. that's all I read. Okay, mean.
1: good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Here, here is definitely where the story definitely gets a little bit more interesting.
0: Awesome. But Indeed. we've got a good basis of who the gunslinger is and kind of some of his motivations. Obviously, the man in black, um, what has happened in Megis, Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I don't know. Uh, trying to get to the mountains, it seems like, is his goal across the yeah, desert.
1: definitely trying to get past the desert. Um, also, we kind of see the full extent of his gunslinging prowess, and we see exactly how efficient and cold-blooded he can be in mowing down an entire town of men, women, and children. Um, and, you know, uh, basically it does kind of feel like this whole section is a little bit of setup that it's the sort of establishing the character of the gunslinger and who he sort of has always been on in this quest to find the, the man in black. Totally. Hmm.
0: All right, so. well, I guess that's where we'll leave it today. Um, is chapter two long, Ken?
1: It's a little shorter, actually, it looks like.
0: Yeah, we'll, maybe we'll break it up in half or so. Yeah, that sounds good uh well thank you all for joining us here uh chapter brothers uh you can check us out online chapter brothers on facebook all right and uh long days and pleasant nights
1: and may you have twice the number i love you brother (laughs)
0: love you too brother Bye bye